Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, hey everybody, welcome to episode 26 of Gamer Heroes. I am a very tired Derek, but I've got <laughs> my co-host John here with me. Welcome back, guys. So, doing, man? I'm, I'm alright, I've had better weeks. Um, yeah, so, we sure. we don't really talk about like non-gamer stuff on the show much, you know, we don't really talk about the weather and things like that, but um, I think we should sometimes, <laughs> and uh, I'm gonna I'm going to do that. So, we've had two really bad storms and the first storm on saturday night took down my big oak tree in the backyard which knocked down all the power and internet lines for the whole block uh, because they're all above ground and that took uh three days for power and four days for internet and then the very next day we got another storm and my entire basement flooded about six inches five six inches of standing water Dude cannot catch a break. Let's Whole just say basement. that. Like, he can't catch a break. Man. And that was today. Yeah. So, that's what I've been dealing with all day today. And uh, I'm pretty tired, man. I'm, I'm pretty exhausted. So, we're going to talk gaming stuff. We've got some news. We do have a main topic. And uh, we're going to talk a little bit about the SNES Classic. We might hit on Pokemon Go Fest and some Blizzard stuff. And then we'll be talking about Ready Player One as its first trailer drop during SDCC. I think that sounds excellent. Sounds like a plan. All right, so let's do this. So uh, SNES Classic, for those who don't know what that is, that is Nintendo's miniature version of the Super Nintendo that comes with 21 built-in games and no cartridge slot. Basically the same as the NES Classic, but with uh, nine fewer games, 20 more dollars, and an extra controller, plus longer cables on the controllers. Um, so worth it. It's totally worth it, yeah. <laughs> so worth it. So worth it. Um, but they kind of went on pre-order, and people you know, who knew that the NES was really hard to come by were scrambling, and Walmart put up pre-orders for the SNES Classic. Did you even see those pre-orders go up? No. No. Like, <laughs> much like most of Amazon stuff, like when the Switch, when they claim they put the Switch up, you know, how many times have they said that already? A couple times, right? I've never even seen never, it. And never. it's still on alert. I own a Switch, and it's still on alert for me. And uh, I never even see it. <laughs> no, it ne- never pops up. I didn't know about the Walmart pre-orders until well after they had sold out. So, Which is which is a good thing and a bad thing. Again, like I love that the resurgence of um, retro gaming is coming back. Just go get a real Super Nintendo series. Well, okay, yeah, so, like, so this does have Star Fox 2 on it, and I really want to play Star Fox the 2. The long lost game. I understand. And for those of you out there who are like, but you can play it now, you can play an incomplete beta version of the game illegally. Yes, you can <laughs> do that. Uh, I would like to play the completed final product of the game um, in the least shady way possible. So that, just throwing that out there. Anyway, for those of you, though, who 
didn't get a chance to pre-order, because if you did get a chance, you probably know this by now, Walmart has canceled every single one of the SNES Classic pre-orders that went out this past week, because it was apparently a technical glitch, and they were not supposed to be on sale yet. Now, I gotta be honest. Way to go, Walmart. (laughs) I'd, I'd be pretty fucking pissed if that happened to me. So what are they doing to help those people who did... Like, I mean, as far you gotta as get I know, a gift card or something. As far as I know, not a thing. You screwed me over, is what I would be it telling was, Walmart. It was a technical glitch, and so as far as I know, there's nothing, um, nothing happening for those people. So if you, if you got one, they're very sorry, they're quote, truly sorry, um, but I, I think that's gonna be, uh, gonna be it. I mean, you are, um, gonna get, you know, paid back, um, but, you know... But, like, at this point, doesn't it make sense to do pre-orders? I'm just a little confused as the, the product well, is, supposed to, is supposed to be released on the 29th of September. Switch was up in March and it released... Or, excuse me, it was up in January and it released in March. There, There's a lot of FCC laws, though. Like, that's why the, the Xbox One X, the Scorpio, is not for pre-order yet. It hasn't passed certain FCC re- regulations. And so, technically, something cannot be for sale until it's an approved product. And mm. so, there's a street date... Uh, for when things are GA, of course, but there's also a date for when things are available for pre-order. And so uh, they basically jump the gun. Wow. Yeah, I mean, Amazon does that too, but they never put it up for... They put it, the listing up, but they right. never put the actual pre-order And Best Buy's got available. the listing too. Like, there's yeah. nothing wrong with having the listing, but you can't let anybody pre-order it yet. So if you didn't get a chance to, to pre-order one, that's probably good for you in this particular case. And for those of you who did, I'm really sorry. That sucks. Yeah. Um, but Hey, at least you're not getting charged for it. Right. Cause that'd be super sketchy and, uh, you'll have another chance. So keep your eye out on all the, the major websites. Of course, uh, target said that they, they should be having them at some point soon. So keep an eye out on their website, but that's, what's going on there. Um, I guess in other related, terrible news for those of you, <laughs> Uh, Sorry, this one's laughable as hell. I feel bad, though. So I don't. <laughs> Pokemon Go has been trying really hard to keep itself alive and keep people interested. I've been calling it Pokemon trying to stay a go because that's, that's it's not sad. happening. That's, that's, <laughs> wow. Uh, well, here's the thing. They did what they called Pokemon Go Fest in Chicago, Illinois, and people traveled far and wide. And um, as an avid professional sports person who... Uh, knows the pain of a Super Bowl. I, this Something like this has happened before. So back when the Super Bowl was last in Dallas, Pittsburgh was playing. I'm drawing a blank on the other team. And uh, a lot of Pittsburgh Steelers fans went out to Dallas for the game. And when they got there, a lot of these guys, the ones who spent $750 a ticket, discovered that their seats didn't actually exist. Oh, sounds like a United Airlines issue so what happened was is uh jerry jones the owner of the the cowboys and his infinite wisdom decided to add additional seating for the super bowl but they were added so late that the fire marshal was not able to inspect them for safety purposes and so they were not allowed to seat anybody there so people had hotels plane tickets long train rides whatever it was fast food to go to dallas from pittsburgh and other parts of the country only to find out that they have to watch the game from one of the stadium bars on the TVs. Oh, man. So, um, That's rough. At a lesser extent, Pokemon Go Fest, which the tickets were fairly cheap but sold out really freaking quick, um, turns out if you went, 
not only was the game incredibly glitchy and the servers for the game went down a couple of different times, but there were so many people packed into this area that the cell phone towers could not handle the volume. This doesn't surprise me. <laughs> Pokemon Niantic, particularly, how many times has Pokemon Go been, I'll just admit, uh, I'll go ahead and say it. When it first released, I get it. There are bugs. There are bugs that you need to work out. There are server issues that you need to work out. A year later, you're still yeah. having these problems. It was a year. <laughs> Come on, guys. Uh, so people were furious. Uh, there were some great memes. One of my favorite memes was, hey, didn't get a chance to go to Pokemon Go Fest? Here's what it's like. Take your phone, go outside, and put on airplane mode, and then try to launch the game. Uh. <laughs> Because there's no oh, signal. That's so good. Um, which was great. Now, I will say, for those of you who did go and had this terrible experience, you can get a refund. There are instructions that should be emailed out to you. You're also going to get $100 in Pokecoins added to your Pokemon Go account, so you can buy tons of Pokeballs and swag for your, your Avatar character and all that. Um, and there's some there's some other stuff that they're going to be doing, too, um, to kind of you know, help people stay not super angry about that. Um, you will have the uh, Lugia legendary Pokemon added to your account, which is kind of cool because yeah. I've heard he's very difficult to get. That's very nice of them to, to offer some kind of uh, severance package for... <laughs> yeah, I mean, they obviously feel bad, um, and there's nothing really they can do. They're not going to refund people, you know, plane tickets and hotel stays right. and things like that. Um, it's just like a concert or any other live event. It's, there's always a risk. And uh, it sucks. I feel it for you guys. Um, but uh, hopefully you didn't travel too far. If you live in Chicago, then yeah, you had a bad weekend. That sucks. But some people traveled from very far to, right. to go to this. Around the world, so. actually, which is ridiculous, if you ask me. Super, super sad. But uh, but that's that. Hey, but I get 100 Pokecoins. Yeah, 100 right? Pokecoins, man. <laughs> $100 so. worth of Pokecoins. So. Yeah, yeah. Um, all right. Well, next up, we've got some stuff about Blizzard. So, um, do you want to lead either of these conversations? We got two pieces of news out of Blizzard. No, you know, you are a newsmaster, and I'm saving it all, <laughs> all right, for our topic. <laughs> Alright, you're saving it for Ready Player One. Okay, so, first, Overwatch League. It has been officially announced that Overwatch League players will be paid a minimum of $50,000 USD per year. Um, for their contract, Isn't they, that not a little ridiculous. Um, they will they will be given a one year guaranteed with an option for a second year. Do you think that's ridiculously high or low? I I I know it's low compared to professional athletes. However, I think it's a little high. It's a little high when it comes to. Um, but these guys are doing this as their full time job. You forget endorsements. These guys are going to get nasty endorsements. I mean, like theoretically, like pretty good. Theoretically, so. they will, but the league as a whole, I mean, you have to think about these guys. This is their full-time job. Um, they have to be able to support themselves financially. So you're telling me um, you can't live at least somewhat comfortably at, at fifty on 50 grand? No, no, no. That's why I'm not saying that that's a, a too you, much. You know why it's so low? It's because they had to pay $10 million, $20 million yeah. to get into the league. <laughs> yeah, $20 million. Um, They are going to get health insurance. They're going to get a retirement account. Um, oh, so the benefits add up. They, uh, they also get prize money for their performance if they if they do well. And endorsements. Um, and then we learned a little bit more about team size. They have to have a minimum of six players, which you have to have six players to play a game to of Overwatch. Game, yeah. So if you want to go lean with no... 
no alternates, you can do that. And then uh, you can have a max of 12, so an alternate for everybody. Um, and the really interesting thing is that it doesn't matter where these players are, where they're from. Um, region doesn't matter, which is very different uh, from, you know, from a lot of uh, professional sports have, you know, they like to have their players kind of local now, like the NFL, the NBA, MLS, MLB, all that. That's not the case. And so this is handled very much. So like do those. you think they'll adjust? Do you think people in different countries will get uh, different salaries? I think it all has to translate back to approximately $50,000 a year um, because, yeah, there's going to be some exchange rate things and, and things of that nature, but at the end of the day, it's going to have to be fairly even, at least for the time being. Now, that's a minimum salary, so they can pay people more, right? Right, but you just can't pay people less. I think it's a little high for... Uh... But this is the Premier League, though, right? So if you look at, like, there are other professional leagues for you know hockey, baseball, things like that, where players don't make millions, they make tens of thousands, and in some cases make twenty-five, thirty thousand yeah. dollars a year. But uh, this is the Premier League. This is the top-level Overwatch League, where the teams are twenty million a pop. So, if the teams are worth twenty million dollars a piece, and this is the top-level league for the sport, then the players need to be paid at least a fairly decent livable wage. Now, keep in mind that some of these people are going to live in New York and LA, where it's very expensive. Right, fifty grand a year where we are in Kansas City is not so bad, but fifty right, grand right. in L.A. or San Francisco is nothing. You can't live. It's not going that. anywhere. Yeah, yeah. So, see, that's that's kind of one of those things you wonder. Like, well, I imagine in negotiations they'll probably ask for more. Those depending on where they live. Yeah, yeah, right, exactly. So, a minimum of fifty grand is a nice floor. I want to say. Sure, I think it's so fine. I I think it's. Fair and, and probably a little high in my personal opinion because if you factor in benefits and you factor in endorsements, like I feel like some of these guys get a chance to make a lot more. But nobody nobody in professional sports has their contract with their team adjusted down because they might have sponsorships. That's fair. That's a fair point. You know. Well, I'm um, just saying, like, you can't complain that it's too low. No, I'm not complaining that it's too low. Not I, I you, think, yeah. but, like, as, as I if think I were getting that salary, I would be like, okay, well, I need to get an endorsement to make up for the whatever cost of living I want. Well, but that's, you know, that's part of it, and we'll, we'll kind of see how that goes, but it's a good floor. It's a good floor. Um, the last piece of news also has to do with Blizzard, that uh, Russell Brower is a composer for Blizzard. I mean, he's done stuff from StarCraft and Diablo, uh, did things for WoW, like the Burning Crusade. And he has been uh, let go because his position no longer exists. Um, we got a bit of a, uh, a quote from him here that, uh, my current position of overall senior audio director is no longer relevant and has and is being eliminated. So... Basically, the, the team has just changed a lot. There's a lot more people involved in different locations, and uh, the position just doesn't exist anymore. So how old is he? How, uh, I do not know his name, his actual age. The question is, was he close to retirement, and is he getting a severance? Well, I mean, he, so, I, I mean, I don't think, I mean, there's not, like, a, a union for that type of thing, I don't think. He's never, so, what, I guess what I'm getting at is, like, they don't really just fire people, um... Let's call it, let's blanket it. He was fired. Okay. Well, no, I mean, there is an opportunity. We don't know the inner workings. It's very possible that there is, there's no more need for his role. He does say that he can uh, work in the future as a contractor for Blizzard and he'll just be his own boss in that, in that case. Um, so there's a possibility that he'll continue 
you know, doing work for these games. You think he signs a non-compete? <laughs> you cannot go to EA. You no, cannot. I mean, I, I wouldn't imagine that they would do that to him in this particular case, but, you know, I mean, he's done some really, he's done work on their biggest titles, so I find it hard to believe that he was involved in so many of them and he was fired. I think he was let go because the team changed, times change. We don't need the same types of roles that we needed 10 years ago. I, I guess I'm saying is he hasn't done anything wrong, so it's probably... I don't think he's looking at it as a negative. No, 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 I don't think so. He may be getting a severance. I mean, he might be, and Blizzard uh, might be taking care of him. I, I Sometimes the payout for those severance is that good. Sometimes. Sometimes. No, no one's ever offered me something <laughs> like that, so I don't know. But uh, that's it, I think, for news. That's it. All right, so we're going to move on then to our main topic. John, why don't you start us off? So, guys, if, if you were watching a San Diego Comic-Con, everyone, every, there was a lot of trailers dropped, one of the trailers being uh, the Ready Player One. Now, Ready Player One is a Steven Spielberg film that is basically a dystopian society of a kid who, who basically escapes this society by playing video games. And we're talking, like, not just, like, I don't know, on a console or, or a computer, we're talking like full 3D. It almost looks like they link into the well, it's game. VR, right? But like I much mean, better. Because well. <laughs> it does take place <laughs> in 2044. Yeah. So I guess our VR is that badass in 2044. Either way, there was a lot of really cool nodes and homages to uh, Steven Spielberg's films. It had a lot of feel to, about... Uh, well, just a lot of, of pop other culture games. Oh, yeah, in general, just... So it, it looks really cool, and it's uh, very topical considering you guys, the listeners, like to play games. So I'm going to talk about it. I'm going to throw some water on this. <laughs> He's dealing with a lot of water today, and it's on his mind. Um, I, 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 um, I don't think that that trailer did a good job of explaining to a non-book reader, someone who never read the book, what the fuck is going on in that movie? What do you need to know? The kid escapes society by playing a game. Okay, but that that in itself is not. What a, else do you need that's to not know? A, that's not a plot though. So we just watch him play video games for two hours. Yeah, that sounds boring. I don't want to watch. So I can play video yeah. games. So so tell tell me this. Based solely on the trailer, if you've never read the book, because I think a lot of people have not. It's not that old of a book. It is from 2011. Um, I haven't read it. Okay, so you tell me. Why does that seem more exciting than playing your own video games? Oh, it's the fact that uh, it takes place in a... It's the type of game, though. It's like what we wish our VR could be. So the part that's exciting for me, particularly, is I, I have full faith that there's probably a story that goes along with this. It'll probably be along the lines of Teenage Boy... Actually, I actually think it's going to be more like... A, there's an anime where they get trapped in the game, uh -huh. and they actually die in real life. They die in the game, and the only way to escape the game is to win. Sure. Okay. So yeah, lots, lots of stuff. It's very Jumanji. Uh, very. I feel like that's the plot we're gonna go for because uh, that's kind of what these games call for. But what what appeals to me is um, I like the references. I like what VR could be. And it's just it looks like it's just gonna be a hell of a fun time, at least visually striking. At the minimum. Okay. Well, I so mean... it gets you excited to play games, is I guess is what I'm saying. I think my worry about it is that 
really the trailer was just a ton of 80s references and pop sure. culture references, right? You saw Iron Giant, there's Deadpool, uh, the, the uh, Back to the Future DeLorean is in there, there's uh, Freddy Krueger. type character. So it's just, there's just tons and tons of references, and I need some story in there. The actual book itself uh, deals with a lot of dystopian economic issues, so basically, you know, it is in the future, it's 2044, and um, there's you know, giant energy crises, right? There's, there's no, there's not enough uh, power and jobs to go around and things like that. The world is overpopulated. He's like playing this in the beginning of the trailer and like a look like a junkyard. Well, there's that. We're gonna, we're gonna yeah. talk about that. We're gonna talk. About, but um, basically, that's that's kind of the whole point. And that what happens in the game does translate to the real world to a certain extent. Like the money that you earn in the game works in the real world. Yeah. So it's an opportunity for you kind of like second life. If anyone out there ever played second life, uh, for you to make virtual money that can actually help you in the physical world. Um, but what, what really bothers me here is that, so if you look at the trailer, yeah, he's climbing through like, you know, these trailer houses that are stacked on top of each other. They're called the stacks, which, you know, okay, fine. Um, Very unique. and the, 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 the tech is all really old Right, those things look—they look old for today, twenty seventeen. Okay, don't they? I mean, do those, do any of those trailers look like so, they were made after this podcast? <laughs> no, but you're totally right. They definitely do. But I, I looked at it as the technology that he was using was far advanced, so it's very likely that his family or whoever he, whatever he does, he's very good at the game, and he spent a lot of probably all his money well, right. on that. But I think my, my problem, though, with that, that dichotomy is that we have this super advanced technology, but, but you're living, living, you're in, living in these types of housing structures that... He's clearly in poverty. Look, well, clearly, yeah. right? So then the question would be, yeah, how can he afford this technology? Because all his money's going to it. All of his money's going to it. Or he made it himself. <laughs> I don't think so. Um, he said he should have been born in the 80s in the very beginning. Because well, he likes all the references. Or he's just a genius kid from the 80s. Genius kids in the 80s built everything. But that technology, the technology for this VR is more advanced than anything yeah. we have today, right? So, but yeah, he loves the uh, the Tron references and the Back to the Future Who references. Who doesn't want to drive a Tron bike? I would love to ride a light cycle. Lights. I would yeah, love to have you. my own DeLorean. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> but I'm worried that that's what they're banking on. And to make things more interesting for those of you out there who have read the book, um, Steven Spielberg has been quoted saying that, and I'm paraphrasing here, that the movie is not a direct adaptation of the book. That is his interpretation of that particular universe using the book's characters and, and some, some of the plot points. So that's a little scary. So it does mean that uh, if you did read the book and you absolutely love the book that you very well may be disappointed. Disappointed, yeah. Um, at the same time, it may just be different enough that you won't care. Um, kind of just depends, but I don't know, man. Like, I, I guess I'm not understanding why people are so excited about it. Well, it it's the first trailer, number one. It is you the first You really show. never get much in the first trailer. At the minimum, you could be excited for the visuals. So I think maybe I'm, I'm, at this point, I'm too used to them adapting things I already know the whole background for. Yeah. You know, like, oh, it's a Flash movie. All I need is a poster. And it's like, oh, it's the Flash. I don't really need an explanation. So, like, let me ask you this. It's We're looking at his computer, and there's a Justice League poster in here, right? There's actually the newest Justice League poster. Oh, on my desktop? On my the very paper? first Justice League yeah. trailer literally had nothing going on at all. It was just Ben Affleck in a bar looking for Aquaman. And yet you were very excited about that. Well, because 
we BVS set up what he was doing. We knew what he was doing already. He was going to find the others. I'm just saying, though, first trailers don't show much. And number two, you were excited because you knew the premise behind it. It's kind of like this. It's like, I know this has to do with video games, and I know it's going to have some fun. But here's the difference. The difference is that millions upon millions of people know the Justice League. They know who Batman is. They know who (laughs) Aquaman is and Wonder Woman, right? But I would think far fewer people know what happens in Ready Player One. I like that. I don't want to know. Like, it's the Walking Dead syndrome for me. You can follow the Walking Dead exactly, and because I've read the comics, I know what's going to happen. And that's boring. So I think it's kind of a... It it could go either way. It's a double-edged sword. Yeah. I'm sure he's going to butcher some stuff, but I'm sure he's going to do other things right. Okay, okay. Um... Well, then let's, let's talk a little bit about the trailer then. So yeah. there, a lot of the references were in there. What was your favorite moment in the trailer? <laughs> Everybody's favorite moment when they see that giant wrecking ball come through the street and the DeLorean just dodges it. That was cool. See, that I, was probably one of the coolest scenes because can you imagine being in the race, the driver's seat? Yeah, man, I, would, I would play that game. That's for <laughs> sure. I think my favorite moment, though, was uh, seeing the Iron Giant in beautiful HD CGI. That was very cool. Uh, because you know, if you haven't seen the Iron Giant and you're a sci-fi or superhero fan, go see that movie. It is just brilliant hand-drawn animation. They, the Blu-ray came out last year for it, uh, but to see it in, in like HD CGI is really, really cool. neat. Yeah, it was really cool. That was a cool moment for me. I really like that. Something I want to point out as well, uh, and again, we're this isn't something we normally do, but this is very video game related. Okay, but breaking down the trailer. You can tell the rich society who was playing the games. Well, so I was gonna, I was gonna ask you that. So when they have the car racing scene and all those people are running up to their seats, are the, those real people? I would assume that those are people, real people playing those characters. But there's the scene where they're all strapped in white and they get inside this little pod. Right. I assume that's the yeah, that's got to be upper class playing. Okay, so that's what happens when you have money. So you wonder, so you wonder though, is that Grand Prix like a death race type thing and then the winner of that race gets a lot of money that translates in the real world? Probably. I don't so, think it's a death race. Oh, there's a giant wrecking ball. But I don't think any, I don't think any any of the people are actually dying. That might be the twist. The characters might. No, I, I don't think I, I I really don't think. What what's, what's the rating we're shooting for? Well, I think it's going to be PG-13, right? yeah, but the, the, the thing is, first off, the, the race isn't in the book, so that's a whole new whole new aspect yeah. to it, right? And um, I just don't see them killing off these characters. Now, it would be interesting, because they do have a population <laughs> problem, if they go that route, now you've piqued my attention, because that's some soiling green shit right there. <laughs> uh, see, I already call it, that's the, that's the standard, uh, you know, plot line is... The game is killing them. <laughs> Picking them off. Well, so, okay, so let, let's bring this back to video games for a minute here. So it is VR. The whole thing, that's all VR stuff, right? So how do you feel about the way they portrayed that VR compared to today's technology? Do you think we can actually get there? You know, it's the, it didn't look realistic in my opinion. Yeah. So he, if you guys watch it, he puts a like a little... Let's call it a necklace. Yeah, whatever that thing. <laughs> Basically a, a, a chess piece... That projects the screen on his face. Okay? No, he's got the goggles. He's got the lens. The... He puts that on and then puts the goggles on. Yeah, yeah. So, my question though is like, what is this doing? The the neck. Oh, I assumed it was doing like tracking his head motion and things like that. 
Then what about the rest of his body? Well, that's why he had the gloves. But that's his hands and his neck. Yeah. What about his legs? Well, he's, <laughs> he's one of the poorer people. Right, right. Right? The guy, if you, in, the, in the scene in that white room where they're all walking to their chairs, like, they're wearing different stuff. Other than the, the neck thing, I think we already have that. Like, the, the, the Vive has that already. Vive. The Vive, the whatever you want to call it. There's it a lot of have, it doesn't have gloves though. You got to use their weird controllers. We had. Do you recall the old gaming? Uh, what was that? The power glove. Call, power, the power glove. glove. We've had that in the eighties, but that was. The, I mean, it didn't use motion controls really. Like no, it was but, more of just the buttons and stuff. But I mean, having gloves that really let you use your hands, use your individual fingers, and things like that in a game would be a pretty cool advantage. I think we can get there. That for sure. The neck thing, I don't know what it does. (laughs) You don't know what it does. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know enough. But I I think uh, 2044, to say VR has advanced that far, is probably likely. That's the part that piques me, is it's very sci-fi-y, without actually delving... I mean, it's giving you the references of the sci-fi movies. Right. It's subliminally telling us this is a sci-fi movie, um, but I think to say that that's, I, I think that's very likely that we will be at that point in 2044. That's a really long time, and I actually be quite disappointed if we aren't beyond that. <laughs> to be honest with you, well, but we'll be in this stacked up dystopia where we don't have any money and all live in. Dude lives in Ohio, trailers. and he says, "But Ohio is still a, a big producing. No, it's the fastest growing city in the world. Yeah, yeah." And it's like, oh, okay. It still sucks today. It sucks today. So it still hey, it's sucks. Got, today. It's got the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, and uh, yeah, it's bad. <laughs> That's it. He couldn't listen. Anymore. The Browns. <laughs> uh, but sorry uh, if you're from Cleveland. We we don't really. I, we're I, not poking fun. I've dri- I've driven through it, so no no offense <laughs> actually intended. Um, so okay, let's let's do this for a minute. Can you name another movie that did something similar? That was successful. That was successful? No. <laughs> I, I mean, I don't know what you guys like or consider successful, but there was a film called The Gamer that starred Gerard Butler, which was kind of a bigger name. Yeah. yeah. And it starred, what's that kid? He did The Lightning Thief, Percy Jackson and The Lightning Thief. He yeah. Was the, he was playing. So the premise of the movie was people could play um, real people. That were in prison in like a Call of Duty style match. So I never actually saw it because I thought it looked terrible. Um, can you? How did that work? Was there like an implant so that way? Yes. The, so the player controlled all physical movement. Everything. So basically, the it was very much like. Um, so the implant would take over when they entered the arena, and the arena mm-hmm. had boundaries. If you went out of the boundaries, you were hunted down and killed. Okay. Very much like Running Man. Okay. Um, so there was arena. And, yes, they had 100% control over the body. Okay. Now, once the game ended, the actual person is back in their body. They, they can basically see what's happening, but can't, can't do, anything do anything about, about it. it. So there was a, a scene in that movie that I thought was really kind of clever and innovative, and it explained a lot. There was a Sims game that they were playing, and people were doing ridiculous things in the in this Sims-type game. Right. Playing as real people. Right. You know, and, and there was sex and drugs and all this crazy stuff going on in this. And they would, and like when they would get hurt, you know, the players would, would make the people get up and walk on broken ankles and stuff. Oh, wow. And it was kind of uh, kind of an interesting to appeal to the human side of that. But what I'm getting at is the, the, the concept of the movie was, it's kind of interesting. However, was it successful? <laughs> I don't know. 
So. so so that was kind of like virtual reality reality because it was real. Yeah. Um, so this this is a little different, of course. So, I mean, this kind of takes the edge away a little bit because at least that was a unique idea. Well, your person died. Your, your person actually died. Like it was, well, right, you're, controlling, you're yeah. controlling real people. So that's kind of a unique, different kind of thing. Yeah. Versus this is literally, we're going to watch a kid play VR games. So that, that brings the, the major question, like, what makes this game so important this time? Is it really just an escape for Well, fun? there's there's some, there's like a treasure hunt that they're going on that, you know, if you... The game needs stakes. There, yeah, and so there's like a fortune that you win if you are the winner of this particular game. But again, it's like, it's literally, we're just watching somebody play a game. I mean, Wreck-It Ralph is much more interesting than that. <laughs> it's amazing. <laughs> Wreck-It Ralph is, uh, is a great game. Right? Because, I mean, that's about the, the daily lives of the actual characters that we control. That's much more interesting to me. To kind of learn that the bad guys aren't really okay with being bad all the time. And the good guys aren't really good all the time. And, you know, I like that. I, that was I appreciate a different take, that. because it... So this basically People were playing them. This just kind of takes away all the soul. It's it's there's no human life at stake, there's no digital life at stake. It's literally a poor kid playing video games hoping to make money. So that just doesn't really do it for me. Well, so I I mean, I can't convince you any more than what you saw. <laughs> we both saw the same trailer. But I think we might get a little more in the next trailer, hopefully. Yeah, probably. Um, and because we're speculating the the plot right now, but the I mean, idea a little bit. I mean, the key that that's in the book. The yeah, key at the yeah. end, yeah. That that's that's in the book. Um, I mean, there's certain things that are that are from the book. We don't. We just don't know what Spielberg will will have keep, changed. Well, he'll keep in so. discard because it could be again, whatever he wants. Really, so yeah, movie adaptions sometimes don't work out, and that's more often than not. So this, <laughs> Ready Player One, based on a true novel. It's a real. <laughs> yeah. It's a real novel. Um, but the thing is, the guys, uh, video game wise, if this existed, if we were there at some point, that'd be really cool. Oh, absolutely! I would love to play these games. Yeah. To walk next to the Iron Giant or to attack Freddy Krueger with a machine gun, like those things sound great. That sounds amazing. Yeah, the the race scene is really cool to drive a DeLorean or a Tron light cycle. But for a movie, I need I need some substance. I have faith in Steven Spielberg. Okay. I think uh, people, people, if someone's going to do a, a movie book adaption and keep the good parts, It'll be he's him. usually pretty good at it. Fair enough. Yeah, he's usually pretty solid. Well, is there anything else then that you want to add to this? Guys, if you haven't seen the trailer and you just listened to this entire podcast, go watch <laughs> the trailer and form your own opinion. Yeah, go check it out. It's the SDCC reveal trailer. Um, the book, Ready Player One, is available now. It's by Ernest Klein. It uh, came out back in 2011, so it should be available in paperback, I would imagine, at this point. Um, there is an audiobook version that I would really recommend that is narrated by none other than Will Wheaton himself. Oh, really? That's and pretty Will, cool. Will Wheaton does a great job uh, narrating books. So if, you, if you've ever thought for a moment that audiobooks are a little bit too boring or droll, uh, man, you know... Will Wheaton does a great job, so I would definitely recommend that if it's uh, something that you would prefer to, to listen to. Um, there are talks of a sequel, but you know he hasn't actually written that one yet, so we'll just kind of have to see what happens. Yeah, I mean, I, from what I can tell, like I haven't read the book either, but from what I can tell, it looks like he has done some screenplay writing in the past. A little bit, yeah. He did so fanboys. It's like he almost wrote a novel for a movie. 
That seems, <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, it, it was super successful. It's won a ton of awards and was in a bidding war basically before it was published and mm-hmm. and all of that. So, um, yeah, it's it's definitely worth a read. I'm just not so sure the movie will live up. That's all. We will find out. We will. All right. Well, that's going to be it for us because I've had a very long week and I'm going to go uh, eat some dinner. That sounds uh, appetizing, <laughs> literally. Okay, well, guys, hey, you know where to find us. Derek, drop them on the... <laughs> At Heroes Podcasts on uh, Facebook and Twitter, heroespodcast.com. Don't forget to leave us a review on iTunes. We're still running our contest. When we hit 10 reviews, we will pick a winner at random and talk to you about what game we should send you. Could be a console game, could be a PC game. We really want to give you something that you would like. You don't even have to give us five-star reviews. At this point, we will take... Any legitimate reviews. And we'll give Anything. you a shout out on the show. Give you... Come on, guys. This is a free game. Like, free game. Like, if I'm giving you stuff... Like, like legitimately, if you, if you play your yes. cards right, you could get a free AAA title out of the deal. That's pretty nice. So, you know. Or an indie title. Whatever you're into. No, no judgment here. I play both. All right. So that's it. We'll catch you guys next time. Thanks for tuning in. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.